friends, I'm Molly, and welcome back to Relief from Darkness, where we are continuing our conversations talking about how we can truly be set free from the stuck areas in our lives. And we are talking anything ranging from anxiety, depression, complex trauma, eating disorders, pornography, and everything in between. Because here at No Boundaries, we truly believe that we can be set free from these stuck places in our lives. And we think that we can do this by changing the way that we think. Because if you change your brain, you change your life. So for today's session, we have our brain geek, Dr. Lori Basie. Yo, yo. And then we have a very special guest, Tabitha. Hello. And she'll be here to share some insight of part of her story. Um, But just as a reminder, so we have been talking about the CPR processes in some of our previous podcasts. And then for this series, we've been going through what each part means. So C meaning connection, P meaning psychoeducation, and R meaning routine. And where we left off last week was in the P, the psychoeducation under um, the brain basics. Oh, wait, wait. It was so much fun. And here she goes, y'all. This is why we call her the brain geek. Yes. Yes. So for this section and for this episode, we're be going to be going over the P part of psychoeducation under the amygdala. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be two parts to this one. And for today's session, we're going to be talking about top-down anxiety. So with that, Dr. Lori, can you go ahead and tell us a little bit about the amygdala and top-down anxiety? Molly Buck, that was so good. And listeners, did you hear she actually had to think because Molly has renamed the amygdala, the beautiful brain part, and Molly affectionately refers to it as the Amalonga Ding Dong. Sure do. And so I was so proud of her to actually, for her to say the amygdala. So I want to do just a really quick review, and then we're going to talk about anxiety. And anxiety plagues at least four out of 10 people. And the only thing that is worse than being incredibly anxious is being incredibly anxious in denial. So there are two things that cause anxiety. And one of those processes is from the top down and the other is from the bottom up. Now, being the brain geek, you might wonder, what is she talking about top down or bottom up? Well, it's of the brain, of course. And so let's review the brain just for a second. The brain develops from the bottom up. And if you remember, for our purposes, we are dividing the brain into three parts. The very bottom part of the brain, which develops first, is for survival. The middle part of our brain which is the second to develop is for imagination and our emotions. And that's actually what we're going to be talking about today, activating the middle part of our brain with an alarm system in our brain. And then finally, the last part of our brain to develop by the age of about 25 is the intellectual part of our brain. And that's the top part of our brain. So I want to talk to you today about then the amygdala. The amygdala is an almond-shaped piece in your brain in the middle part of your brain. Now, think about a, a smoke detector and a smoke detector going off. If something's up, the amygdala is designed to be activated. So the smallest exposure from the external world or from your internal thoughts activates your brain's amygdala. And so this inner alert system warns of imposing danger and you 
have all kinds of chemicals inside of your body that are released as a defense. And so it's like a red alert, a smoke detector is going off inside of you that there could be possible danger, that you need to be revved up, you need to be on guard, you need to be ready for a shakedown. And so your body in this time, it produces chemicals and those chemicals are stress hormones like cortisol or adrenaline or norepinephrine. And that actually enables you to have all kinds of energy that you would need. And it provides the resources for your physical body to respond. Now, as we're talking from the top down, you can actually release that inner alert smoke detector in your brain by your thought processes. And so I want you to think about what you're thinking about. And if we're not thinking about things that are pure and lovely and admirable and praiseworthy and excellent and right and true, that's Philippians 4, 8 for the scriptural reference, then we actually cause brain damage. And so I wonder, how do you run? How does your engine run? I think about in our vehicles, we have a temperature gauge And so are you running a little bit hot with the things that you're thinking about? And let me, let me just reiterate this again. These things that we're supposed to think about aren't suggestions. They're actually, this is what we're commanded to think about. And the consequences of not thinking about these things actually rewires our brain. And if you think about from the neuro standpoint about the neurons that are connected and fire together and wired together, then we're literally causing brain damage. And if we run on hot, if we run anxious, if we have a bunch of cortisol that's released in our physical body, it also causes a lot of physical health problems. So this is really a game changer. And so I could give you an anxiety scale, and I'm I'm not going to, but let's just read a few things that could lead to anxiety or be a symptom of anxiety. People think that they have to be strong or they can't quit thinking about it or they're scared for their life or they can't let anyone know what's going on inside of them or they have difficulty concentrating or they have headaches or migraines or difficulty eating or sleeping. They're erratic. They go back to past behaviors that they've tried to stop. They won't talk to anyone because they feel unsafe and out of control. And so it goes on and on and on. And this is anxiety. And then a lot of times people that are anxious, they actually look functional. So on the outside, they're hardworking But on the inside, they're overthinking. On the outside, they're detailed and really, really high achieving and ambitious. But on the inside, they may be overwhelmed and burned out and have trouble saying no. They may look like they're perfectionistic on the outside or organized or well-prepared and calm. But maybe on the inside, they need to be busy and have unrealistic expectations. Maybe they try to please people or they have a fear of failure. And on the outside, they may look like they're doing well under pressure, but on the inside, they may have a lot of self-doubt. So high-functioning anxiety 
is really, really detrimental. So literally what happens if we go back to the brain, we've got the the lower part of your brain for survival. The middle part of your brain is your imagination and your emotions. The top part of your brain is your intellect. If you start thinking with your intellect about what if, and you start to worry, you could actually flip your intellectual part of your brain open. You could flip your lid You could activate the inner alert system in the middle part of your brain, the amygdala, and you could produce all kinds of detrimental chemicals inside of your body that aren't even needed or necessary because it was just simply an alarm and there's not validity to the alarm. And so that is critical and what we're talking about today. And so we have to think about then... When mama was mad or mama was stressed or dad was mad or dad was stressed or the people in my environment, when they're really stressed and under pressure, how do they respond? What's going on inside of our minds? And if we start to think about what we're thinking about, then we should live in hope, joy, peace, and we shouldn't ruminate or worry or go into circles, the spiral circles in our mind about what if, what if, what if, what if. We should know that the impossible could be reasonable for the advancement of the kingdom because we know him and we believe in him. We should like ourselves and know about our strengths and our weaknesses and not ruminate in our weaknesses or what if I fail or what if, what if, what if. We are quick to forgive and we extend mercy and grace to others. We're thankful and we give others the benefit of the doubt and we believe in them. And honestly, that's just a lot more healthy way to think and to be. And so if we're not, if we're stressed, and a lot of times the people in our environment, they can tell if we're stressed, if our mind automatically goes to what could happen or what what we think could have happened. If we're constantly worrying, we're literally causing distress in our bodies and our brains need to be rewired. So let me give you a quick statistic and then we'll let Molly share. It's actually fun teaching all of this and being in a community where we actually adhere to these things because then we just call each other out all the time with some of the things that that we do or we notice in one another. But let me tell you, 92% of what you worry about never happens. So let me say that again, 92%. The 8% that actually happens is not as bad when it happens as when you were worrying about it. So here's here's what the shakedown is. If you think about something that may happen, you'll actually produce the chemicals in your body as if that thing has happened. And you don't have the grace today for something that you're worrying about tomorrow. If it happens tomorrow, then God will give you the grace to go through it tomorrow. But if you worry about it today, then 92% of the time, it's never going to happen, but you're going to release the chemicals inside of you. And it actually, again, it's sin because you don't need to worry about today, what may or may not ever happen tomorrow. And so we need to start to think about this. We are just making ourselves sick by being anxious by activating our alarm system in our brain, by flipping our lid, by turning off our intellect and just simply reacting. And a lot of times 
We're reacting to things that may never even happen. Molly, you've got a funny story. Yeah. So it wasn't funny at the time. No, it wasn't funny. In the moment, and I just want to kind of reiterate like that this is a process. So it's not that you wake up one day and suddenly you're always thinking about all of the right things. But with this CPR, if you can kind of get into the routine of recognizing these things in you, then as soon as they happen, you'll be able to deal with it quicker so that you're not waiting until years down the road. So I've been here for four years um, learning all of these tools and all of these things. And even recently, you guys, this is probably in the last like few months, um, I found myself giving myself top-down anxiety. And what I did is I'm sitting at home and it's around, you know, 10 in the morning and my dad calls and he says, Molly Moo, would, would you like to go to lunch? Um, after he I, calls you Molly Moo? Yes, he That's does. cute. Okay. He said, would you like to go to lunch after my doctor's appointment today? And, you know, I have a doctor's appointment and I'll be kind of like around in your area so I could just pick you up and your mom could meet us and it would be super fun. We just have a little family lunch. And I was like, yeah, okay, that sounds good. And then we hang up and immediately I'm like, I wonder why dad wants to take me to lunch. And then I think, I wonder why mom is going to meet us too. Oh, and he, he did just say that he was going to be leaving a doctor's appointment. And I just went on and on in my head until suddenly I was like, well, if he's leaving a doctor's appointment and he wants to meet in person and mom is coming too, then that must mean that they have something to tell me. And it probably is going to have to do with dad's doctor's appointment. So they're probably going to tell he's probably got some incurable disease and he's only been given like a few months to live. And so they have to sit down with me physically seeing me to tell me this together. And that's what they want to do. And oh my gosh. So if dad has some incurable disease, then that means that Ah, how long do we have with him? Like a few months or a year? What would I play at his funeral? Oh my gosh, would I be in charge of the funeral? I wonder if I would speak at the funeral. And if I was in charge of the funeral, what songs am I going to play? Well, I'd probably play Boomer Sooner since he loves OU. Now, see, I don't mind playing Boomer Sooner, but so you've already killed off your dad and we're playing Boomer Sooner at his funeral. (laughs) All all from Hey Molly Moo, you want to go to lunch? Like, can you imagine? (laughs) So all of the, you know, and then I... Whoa, 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 Turbo. And then you're wondering why your stomach hurts and why you've got this knot in your gut and why you can't breathe properly. Well, you're full of anxiety. (laughs) Full of something. (laughs) So what happened? So then (laughs) I recognized this in me. I was like, Whoa, after probably about five minutes, I was like, I think I just flipped my lid. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think I just activated my Amalama Ding Dong mm-hmm. because I'm freaking out for no reason. Mm-hmm. So then my dad gets to the house and he says, Are you ready? And before I can even like say hi or anything, I was like, Why are you, why do you have so many doctor's appointments recently? And what do you like, and why, why are we going to lunch? And he said, Well, I'm old. And I got new insurance. (laughs) And so I have to go through the process of getting a new doctor. Uh And I was like, oh. He's like, and I just like you and your mom is off. So why not go to lunch? Why not go to lunch and catch up? Wow. Like, can you imagine? Wow. 
And so you guys see the process. So what happened is her brain automatically went to, and so that's a sign of we don't have a renewed mind. And so usually my favorite questions are to ask then, well, who taught you to flip your lid and something bad's going to happen? That it's not that the glass is half empty and something bad's always going to happen. And it's not that the glass is half full, that something good is always going to happen. It's that we know the one who fills the glass and in the here and the now we have everything that we need and we can enjoy going to lunch. And if we find out some hard news, then Jesus will give us a grace to go through that news. Yeah. So it, I mean, it's just this whole process, you guys, once you start recognizing your brain patterns and even being able to see like, oh man, I think I need healing in this area. Like, I mean, it'll set you free. And so then today we have Tabitha joining us. And it's interesting because Dr. Laura, you got, you've worked together with her for how long? A thousand years, it feels like. Practically. So they've worked together. Um, Tab is her executive assistant. um, And they've worked together for 14 years. Yeah, 14. 14 years. That's a long time. Yes. So, Dr. Lore, you've been um, with her kind of through some big stages, yeah? 14 years. Let me tell you what happened when I first met Tap. She was a youth leader, and we were getting ready to take a team into Mexico, a team of youth. And, of course, we needed the youth leaders to go. And so... We we went and we trained. We took these youth into Mexico, into cardboard villages. They fed the hungry. Incredible things happened. And we came back. But as I was praying for the youth and the youth leader, I actually saw a picture. And that picture was on my midbrain brain screen in my imagination. And that picture was this youth leader. Now, I'll have to admit, I didn't know what her name was. She was so quiet, y'all. And I don't understand the quiet people, but that's a whole nother story. But so I saw a picture of this quiet youth leader leading worship in front of millions. And so I thought, oh no, I'm going to have to go tell her. And I'm just going to have to fess up that I don't really know what her name is. (laughs) And so I went over (laughs) and once I figured out her name, her name was Tabitha. And I tried to be low key and on my best behavior with quiet people. And what do you say? And I never really worry about what I'm going to say, but I'm worried about how the quiet people are going to react to me. And so I, I said, so what's your name? And Tabitha, Tabitha, I saw a picture of you leading worship in front of millions. And y'all, she wasn't as excited as I was. And she looked kind of strange. And I said, well, do you sing? And she said, no. And I said, well, do you play the keyboard? And she said, no. And I said, well, do you play the guitar? And she said, no. And I said, would you want to do any of that? And she said, no. And I said, "Uh uh-oh. But the only thing that I do know is that I play the guitar when I'm paying attention. And so I invited her to come over to the No Boundaries office and I was going to give her a guitar lesson. And that's where we would start. So over she came and actually looking back on it, I'm a little surprised that she did, but she came, I had the guitar out. I started playing the guitar. I'm showing her the guitar chords. Now I'm not really good and I can't really match pitch and I wasn't sure really where we were and I'm having trouble paying attention. So somebody's got to sing. Y'all, and I would give you a little demonstration, but you would turn off this podcast. And Molly and I need you to get through this podcast so that you have a foundation. So I'm not going to sing. Just take my word for it. It's bad. So it was either me sing or her sing. And so she 
actually started singing. She jokes now, and she doesn't remember this. She I have no clue what happened. She after actually she asked me to sing. Yes, went into <laughs> fight, flight, or freeze, and she didn't store this memory. She flipped her lid. But she's saying, and Sandy, the other co-founder who produces all of these podcasts, came in and she thought we had the radio on is how good Tab sang. So that began the process. So we would start in small groups and then we would start in medium sized groups. And then eventually we were in large groups. And one year we were in Ephesus and she was singing at the bottom of the Coliseum. And, and then another year we were in Africa and we were in front of two or 3000 people. And then another year it was uh, broadcast to two or two or 3 million. And so this is kind of where we're hanging out. And so now just recently we returned from a trip to Egypt and Lebanon, and we're working with this amazing organization called Sat7. Well, what do you think we're doing over there with Sat7? I'm kind of the the one hit wonder, and I'm always into CPR, 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 CPR. So I'm actually going to go on live satellite that will be broadcast into Northern Africa and the Middle East, and they have up to 25 million viewers. And I'm on satellite with my plastic brain talking about the CPR process <laughs> in pornography. And I'm so excited. It is game day. It is a day that we're going to be broadcast live and we're at lunch and we had just done worship with some of the Sat7 team and the show host of that evening of the show that I was going to be on broadcast to up to 25 million people actually come over to our table when we're eating lunch and let me let Tab pick up this story from here. So I was just sitting there minding my own business, eating my lunch. Her hummus. Right. right. It was hummus, <laughs> tabbouleh, pita bread. Uh-huh. And so probably chicken as well. And I'm just sitting there and she walks up and asks, so uh, Lori's going to be on the show. And so we have a spot that you guys can do worship. Are you good with that? And at that moment, <laughs> live satellite worship, me playing the guitar millions. in front of millions. And so at that moment, I kind of froze. And that moment felt like three hours where it may mm. have been 10 seconds before I made a response. So I'm sitting there thinking, I know that the next thing that's going to come out of my mouth is the wrong thing to say. Because I'm flipping my lid like, uh, I don't want this attention. And so I've learned from the past that usually I say the wrong thing. And so I just had the fight, flight, or freeze response of just turning to Lori, who was yeah. on my right side, and saying, and just giving her this big deer in the headlight look. Help. And she says, Yes, and it was so funny. So all for all the presenter or the host knew is that Tab had a mouthful of hummus. So I think she was actually <laughs> saved <laughs> saved by the hummus. Saved by hummus. <laughs> but I said why she would love to. She would be happy to. And so that night Tab had to go ahead and sing, but it y'all, she wasn't really just singing. She had a choice. She could either be anxiety ridden and look at herself, or she could worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Like we have spent hundreds and thousands and maybe even millions of hours. That's who we are. And that's what we do every day. We just worship. And so Tab had to settle her brain down and settle herself down so that she could worship the king. And then me, 
you guys, I don't know if you know, but I have a little bit of attention problems. And so now I'm playing the guitar. There are five moving cameras. There are lights. There are people going in and out. It's live. There are different setups for where we're going to do worship and where we're going to talk about the brain. And I'm strumming the guitar. And then there's a big screen where we can actually see ourselves being being streamed live. And I thought if I get off beat or if I don't play the right chord, Tab is actually going to kill me. So we both actually had to calm ourselves down, shut the lids to our brain and actually just worship. Mm -hmm. So in this process, you're not trying to make the worry feeling go away. Tab flipped her lid when the presenter asked her and she just automatically looked at me again. She did look like <laughs> the deer in the headlights. If I could have captured that image, it was, it was priceless. So we're not trying to make it go away, but we're going to manage the worry feelings in a different way. So instead of her saying no, she tolerated the feeling. She overrode the feeling and we moved into action where we were able to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords as we always do live on satellite TV, hopefully with millions. And it's a beautiful, beautiful process as we adhere to what the Bible tells us about what we're supposed to think about and not to worry about tomorrow. Molly Buck, what do you think? That is, I mean, you guys, this story, like, I mean, if we can really just think about this, and how important it is. Like the very thing, you guys, the very thing that Tab could have partnered with in the beginning of just wanting to be invisible would have been the very thing that kept her out of destiny and would have been the very thing that kept her from doing and becoming exactly who she's called to be in Christ. But she didn't. And I want to take this moment. I mean, y'all, this is an invitation. If we could just... If wherever you're listening to this, just really think like, am I giving myself anxiety? And am I, am I scared to move forward in whatever, whatever the calling is or whatever the feeling is to, to do to step out of my comfort zone and take a risk and to see who God's inviting you to be? And we just heard what we're allowed to think about. So if that's you and you're like, man, like I have, have all of this anxiety and, and my thoughts are out of control and I'm thinking my way into worry constantly. But stop that thought right there and think, what if? What if God will give you something bigger than that? And what if that's the very thing that's holding you back from experiencing the fullness of him and walking in identity and walking and calling and not just for you, but because of the people that you'll minister to and set free? And that's what we just heard with Tab. I mean, you guys, she could have said no. She could have said no. I'm going to I'm going to choose anxiety over destiny. I'm going to choose insecurity over my calling. And she did it and it was a walkout. Like let's just remember 14 years from whenever it was prophesied over her until the fulfillment. That was day in and day out of work of laying down her life before the Lord and sacrifice and of surrender. So I just want to encourage you today to just explore and to just wonder about what it would be like to lay that down. 
and to really get set free from the anxiety that keeps you in bondage and to really just say, you know what, I'm going to learn how to tell my brain to stand down. I'm going to learn to tell my brain not to go in that direction. And I'm going to do the hard work of creating a new neural pathway and thinking about the things that Philippians tells me to think about. And then dream with Jesus about what it could be outside of that. And you guys, that, that'll set you free. And that'll change the way you think. And if you change the way you think, you start to change your brain. And if you change your brain, then you change your life. And it's beautiful. And so I'll never forget. It was a Thursday night. It was 930 at night. We were in Lebanon in the studios with a live stream broadcast all over the world. And Molly and our team was here in Oklahoma sitting at one of our locations at 1.30 in the afternoon, having a hummus party and actually watching me play the guitar, Tab lead us in worship, and Sandy, the producer of this podcast, playing the djembe. And so I think it'd be really neat just on the end of this podcast, Sandy will put uh, the audio recording of just that, that song that was that was broadcast over the airwaves to hundreds and thousands and millions of people. And as you listen to you guys, think about, just think about the what ifs of what if, what, what more could you be doing? Should you not be stuck? So thank you guys for listening. Enjoy the song and just press into Jesus. So until next time. Next time. Bye. Bye. Rise, my soul will rest.
take 